Welcome to If Blackbirds Were Ducks. Like, when you're in that part of the prairies, that time of the year, yeah, just special stuff happens. Well, because they don't really get... That's an interesting point, actually. They don't really get the hybrids out east as much because their mallards aren't of the aggressive variety. You know that's a whole thing, right? Have I sent okay, you this no, article? No, okay, no. so there's this guy. Forgive me for not remembering his name. Professor that kind of has now broken up mallards into a few genetic variations, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason he is not worried about the black duck going away from hybridization is because, one, hen black ducks won't mate with drake mallard black duck hybrids. Oh, they, really? like, refuse so them. Like so F2, F3. Right. Right. It yeah. stops with them. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, um, just generally speaking, the Atlantic flyway mallard is a less of aggressive mallard. Oh, really? If we focused on more reintroductions of that. But the difference is like m most of the mallards that have been put in the Atlantic flyway are the prairie mallards, which yeah. is the wrong mallard. So, oh, those are the introduced birds, like the, in duck clubs? So, yeah. So, the okay. prairie mallard is the more aggressive one. Yeah. Supposedly. This is, this is what I've gathered from yeah. reading his research papers. Is the, the prairie mallard, is the, he's the jerk. He's the one that just wants to hybridize with everything. Yeah. You know, that's another interesting thing is that with the hybrid conversation, I know there's that guy in Idaho that has that aviary that has shown hybrids having successful offspring. Yep. But that's not how species are supposed to work, right? Like scientifically. Sure. A pintail mallard hybrid, if pintails and mallards are two different species, yep. it should stop there. They shouldn't. That's like one of the rules of thumb in science of species right. differentiation right. is that they can't produce viable offspring but duck ducks break that rule all the time where hybrids are still viable yeah and then they why see that? that pass down throughout generations right why is that and that i think that's why you see that duck right there yeah that black duck just barely has any that mexican duck i shot just barely has a little green in it there's some ancestral part of it that is a mallard what's weird about that and to touch on all this hybridization of species point, brewer's ducks were once considered a separate species. Yeah. And they're pretty rare from yeah. what we see shot. Oh, yeah. They're not So what, what happened? Did, did Audubon see one? Or did Audubon see 50? Mm. At one time, were they, mm. was that... Was it more common of a hybrid at some at point? At some point, because of some reason. Well, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Maybe because I, I I don't know what factors would play into that. Yeah. What what factors would play into that? You know. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like uh, yeah, yeah that's a good point. The the thing that just fascinates me about ducks is that they have successful that hybrids often are able to reproduce. Yeah. And that's not supposed to be the case. That wouldn't happen with, with a cardinal and a blue jay well, look probably at, look at well look at horses and donkeys yeah. right yeah mules their offspring is not viable reproductive right. and that has been a long-standing definition of yeah. like what makes two different species right is that their offspring can't be right successful yeah because if it was then it'd just be a melting pot right but ducks break that yeah, rarely. Well, I don't know that. Not guy, rarely that, in the Mexican duck. That guy with right? the yeah, but that's like at least they both look like a mallard. Yeah, they're yeah, like they're very, very genetically similar. close. Very similar. Right, but they break it with pintails and yeah. mallards, which are very different ducks. Yeah, and yet, seemingly more and more common. But I think that's because yeah. of social media, and we see them all. But 
And yet there's a guy with an aviary that's shown like a pintail mallard hybrid mm -hmm. successfully producing offspring. Yeah. Which is not supposed to happen. Right. That's interesting. I love gray areas in science. Right. Like, I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. The definitely. rule breakers. Yeah. Love the rule breakers. Absolutely. Well, we just wrapped up a weekend. Uh, yep. One of the toughest, well, definitely I would say the toughest weekend I've had in Idaho attempting to hunt ducks. Mm, I'm glad I could contribute. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems to be my story lately. Yeah. Like when I show up somewhere, I'm, yeah. I'm good at shooting down the, right. the good hunting. Yeah. Uh, we Well, you know, it's the end of the season, literally the last weekend. And we had a warm front for the past two weeks. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that just gets everything wonky. Mm-hmm. And you showed up and we scouted that first night and it was goose-wise. It was like, yeah, there's oh, we're going to do well. Oh, dude. We were, and that's the funny thing about weekend warrior activity, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And you can always be a whisper, just a hair away from crushing them. Like, you're, the difference a lot of times when you're freelancing between a banger weekend and an awful weekend is just 10-minute difference in getting permission or not. Yeah. Whether you're the first guy to the farmer's house or not. And we had two, oh, that snow goose feed. That snow goose feed was big. Tons big. of juvies because we shot juvies like three weeks ago. Yeah. And this one is the same birds plus a lot more. I mean, that snow goose feed was in Idaho. But I would have hunted that thing if it was in northeast Arkansas. I mean, it yeah, was it as was good of a snow goose feed as you can ask for. It was half a section. Mm-hmm. And, and juvenile heavy. Yep. That's that's such a funny thing that we care that much. I always talk about that snow geese are their every waterfowl habit, but more so. So like, okay, um, if ducks, a juvenile duck, a young of the year duck, is easier to shoot mm -hmm. than an adult mallard. Yeah, that's true of pretty much all waterfowl, right. but even more so with snow geese. Yeah, uh, it's crazy how decoy shy mallards can get when they're heavily pressured it's right. even more so with snow geese right yeah, like they take everything to the extreme yep. on every level disease yep. decoy shyness call shyness uh size of feeds keyed in on migrations. migrations they push everything to the extreme yeah. and that and so with it they push the hunters to the extreme and that's why snow goose hunters are the wildest people. Yeah. But, like, that's that's the thing, right? Key in on the juveniles, yeah. which you don't really get to know that with mallards when you find a feed. Like, imagine how no many idea. times, right, imagine how many times we've hunted a honker feed or a mallard feed where you just don't know. Like, you would never know those are adults or juveniles. True. So you find that out with time. You find it out with like where you're at in their migration, right? You generally know that the Kansas lesser goose population compared to the Texas lesser goose population, like Kansas is more adults, Texas is more juveniles. And they just seem to shoot way more birds there because of it. But that's like a thing that you find out through bands and through guides sharing information and talking years and years and years i didn't even know that tidbit mm -hmm, about texas mm -hmm. and then but then on the contrary like the one chink in the army the armor the achilles heel of snow geese is that they display their juvenile right right <laughs> like them yeah. and cranes that's it cranes well specs okay yeah specs but yeah yeah but you know by the glass in them like, oh, that's an adult crane sure. feed or a juvenile crane feed. Yep. And then, of course, snow geese. Imagine how, <laughs> imagine how even more demoralized we would be all the time with snow geese if you couldn't tell. You just had no indicator. No whatsoever. indicator. Yeah, that would be real tough. It's actually really good that, I guess, the juveniles and the adults are dimorphic. 
because otherwise it'd be... Oh, dude, it'd be brutal. You don't know what you're hunting ever. No. You have no hope. No, no hope. It's just like, we'll see what they are. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you'd eventually, like, learn. You'd eventually learn through banding data and through quality of, of hunt year. and time of year, right? You'd yeah. learn, like, oh, April in South Dakota, a lot better hunting. Right. And the bands we shoot are one-year-olds versus right. early March. The bands we shoot are 14-year-olds. Right. <laughs> and we never shoot hardly any birds. You'd, like, eventually learn. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't, but the catch of that is it's so much more disappointing when you don't get permission. When you have. When you know it's a banger. <laughs> yeah, dude. And that's what kind of happened to us. I, I was heartbroken. I know. Well, that was interesting, too. You went and followed those snow geese. Which was a wild follow. Chasing snow geese in the mountains is even harder. Yeah. They're, well, we don't have the roads. Right. The road systems suck. And that's what makes scouting in the West tough. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of time, you pick a spot, a little area, and that's all you can get to before dark when they start feeding. Yeah. Um, and we actually had birds hopping from the roost to, like, loaf in pasture. And we were like, dude, we could shoot them there because it's going to be warm. And we didn't know, like, yeah when things were going to feed. It just looked really nice. All those juvie snows were hopping up and loafing in the pasture a little bit. Canada's were up in there loafing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Real good edge hide. Had some random flocks middle of the day already kind of sitting in a field off the lake. Yeah. And and, um, that brings to your point. You were talking about how your timing can affect everything on your hunt. Yeah. If I would have had a general rule of thumb where those snow geese were going... Right, rather than having to kick all the way back down, mm-hmm. like how the scout worked on that was, I would have to take a road into an area that's like surrounded by public land and and desert and BLM and whatever mm-hmm. else, and then all of a sudden I'd just end up trapped there. Like I'm in agriculture, yeah. But you take it as far as you can, and all of a sudden the snow geese like cross an area. There's no road over. Yeah. So now you have to backtrack all the way out of there. Hey, kitty, kitty. <laughs> and then come into a different area, right? Yeah. And that's just such an impossible way to scout. Right. I mean, it's not impossible. It just takes but it forever. It takes forever. Yeah. And that's how you ultimately get there way later than you'd want to, to where the feed is, right. when it's already like this big established feed. Yeah. And you're not seeing the trains going anymore. Right. And then down. And then ultimately, like, if someone else just happened on them later in their flight than you, mm-hmm. they beat you. Yeah, because you're following, and they could just have seen them right before they hit that feed. Yeah. And then, like, with us, well, it's pretty much, like, work got in the way from us asking on that pasture thing they were loafing in. Yeah. Um, because we got beat by a couple hours. Yeah. If I showed up to scout at noon yeah, and didn't have a job or yeah. whatever, took that day off, maybe I need to take that day off, I would have beaten that person to that field because those guys will <laughs> let anybody pretty much. Yeah, Atticus is really trying to get in on the show here. Yeah, famous guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, but, yeah, no, that that's kind of interesting, right? And And a lot of that, when I've lived in bigger cities, I live in a bigger city now. Yeah, we got a million people in the valley. And what I try to do is leave on a Thursday, Wednesday, yeah. essentially scouting earlier. Yeah. I still have to work on Friday, but if I can scout Wednesday evening, Thursday evening, yeah. I've beat most of the competition. Right. Now stuff can change, so you're all you're not like, "Oh, I found a field Thursday. I'm good." Yeah. No. I'll show up Saturday morning. No. You still got to scout the next. And it can at least give you a it can give you something to try to hold right. until the weekend, or it can give you a general knowledge of where the birds are hitting, mm-hmm. like what valley are they hitting, what what isolated chunk of egg are they hitting. Mm-hmm. We know the Canada's are hitting this four-mile area, right? But, yeah, that's why, I mean, that's why if you can, you scout as much as possible. Right. Which is... 
I mean, it's hard, but it sucks, kind of. And it, I mean, it's my one of my favorite parts of water valing, and it's the key to success. Oh, I love it. I I just don't. It's time consuming. It's the time consuming, and it takes away from your honey. Yeah, but but quality. this is yeah. This is where I get. This is where I get um, almost like fed up with other guys, or not fed up, but where I kind of don't like how other people hunt sometimes is you know i know a guy that he goes and hunts the same pond every weekend and it's just like well we'll see what happens right right it's like it's southern duck hunting it, it, yeah 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 that. yeah classic they have, I have a numbers blind. to do so right right a lot of time i have a duck blind at this place and we always go to that duck blind and that's where we go saturday sunday yeah and if there's a cold front then we shoot them yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean right. kind of a thing right there's a lot of people that I mean, I, I even started off growing up hunting that way. Same. Where you'd go to your favorite marsh. Mm -hmm. There's this island on the marsh where you get there early as heck on Saturday morning. We'd go at midnight, right? And then go sleep in the boat to save our spot. But you're going to that spot with the intention of like, hopefully... There's a push today, or hopefully we've got some new birds this yeah. week. And while you can get good days doing that, and if you time it right with migrations, right, like, which is a whole different play or a whole different topic to discuss is when birds migrate. Um, if you're playing it with the migration right, you might have a banner day, but you're leaving it to chance. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many times... We'd watch birds come off that marsh or one of those couple marshes we hunted a lot early in the morning and leave. And they're just gone all morning. And then everyone goes to college football games and watch NFL games Saturday, Sunday at 10, 11 a.m. They all leave the marsh. And all of a sudden, 11, noon, 1, whew, here they all come back to the marsh. You're just leaving it to chance, what you should have been doing is Wednesday night or Wednesday morning or whatever at sunrise going and finding where they all fly out of that public marsh mm -hmm. during the day right. sit isolated. Right. But no Try one's doing that. Over there. Yeah. yeah. But no one's doing that. Yeah. Because wherever that place is, is a honey hole. <laughs> it's an interesting point you brought up about the, they know that the oh, pressure. Yeah. yeah. One of the craziest things I ever saw was down at Biomita. Arkansas. So. Okay, I would under I would definitely register that they would know when the pressure is on at Biomita. Yes. So Biomita is, I mean, you got to say it's definitely top five most pressured places in the country, mm -hmm. right? Like it's probably like Biomita, Real Foot, right? Maybe some marsh in Texas or California, but like pressure. So was down there with some people from Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. And, you know, we're off the water done hunting at whatever, 11.30 or whatever time it is you have to be done. We're off half hour before that. And then, uh, like, some of the local wardens are there and some of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission people are there. And they're like, do you want to go see the refuge part of Biomita? There's a levee to a bunch of managed moist soil that separates the timber and the moist soil. And I'm like, sure. So we go back in there, and I think it's noon is when you got to be off the water. Mm -hmm. And we are standing on the levee of this refuge at 12.01. And I'm not exaggerating when I say it is a flood out of that refuge back into the timber. I mean, it is like the best duck feed you've ever seen. Just swarm after swarm of mallards dumping into that public timber promptly at 12.01. Right. And by 12.30, it's a flood. Like it is like every duck is back out of that refuge and, and in the into refuge. the timber. Yeah. And, and it's just funny. Yeah. they just know, man. They know. And, you know, I mean, that's hunting pressure. That's That's why, like... You should try to do more with your hunt and do, do more scouting to get one good hunt out of your scout that you know it's the right hunt mm -hmm. versus like 
hunt that same spot every Saturday, Sunday and burn it to the ground. And then you get down to like getting happy about shooting one hen gadwall. It's like, well, if you gave it some rest, you spent your time scouting, changing it up, going other places, traveling to better weather or better mm-hmm. bird populations or whatever, like you'd just be more successful with your Saturday, Sunday. Right. And I've seen, I've seen the literal like clock mallards plenty of times in feeding behavior mm-hmm. on evenings. Yeah. You shoot them two, three times. All of a sudden they just know. They come and like sun. they lift with two minutes left and they're landing at mm-hmm. shooting time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just what they do yep. from then on, unless you get weather like precip where they feel the need to head out early survival mode we all survival call it mode, right? that blizzard survival mode stuff or, mm-hmm. or possible blizzard survival mode stuff yeah they feel precip they think they're gonna get snowed in they roll in and out but um yeah Ooh, that's that's one i want to talk about though um this is like the hot tip of all hot tips everyone always has this mentality of like that when let's say the Dakotas, for example, are getting hit by a snowstorm, like you need to be in the marsh the day before or the day of, right? South Dakota's getting hit on a Friday. You need to be in the marsh on Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday because like those birds are moving. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, my experience, my knowledge has been with some of the mid-season migrants right? So pintails, gadwall, teal, whatever, they might be moving in front of that storm. Yep. Some are, but way more my experience is the two days after the storm or when they're moving. That first day you see sun in South Dakota after a winter storm. If the snowstorm was Friday into Saturday, now, Sunday is clear, cold, sunny, no wind. That's the day a guy in Nebraska or Iowa ought to be sitting in the marsh. Yep. Katie, bar the door. Here they come. Yep. Like, that is, oh, that's yeah, a definitely. movement day. Yeah, I've seen it and uh, time and time again. I feel like the guy's taking vacation to hunt migrator days, right? Like, that's how they hunt. They hunt big boat blinds on reservoirs in the central Midwest, trying to catch those migrators feel like a lot of times they're taking the wrong days off definitely and they're like oh it just wasn't wasn't that good yeah i think they're missing it definitely yeah absolutely you know in those blizzards how are they going to migrate anyway safely no they're not they're going to pack on food they're going to get back to the roost that they know they have that day Mm -hmm. it's going to be frozen up around them in the morning and they're going to book it yeah because the the day following the blizzard is high pressure yeah calm clear and sunny Mm mm-hmm and that they, may be at night too i shouldn't say they're gonna fly in the morning i've seen them do that yeah but a lot of times when it calms down at night you got a full moon it's calm it's clear gone yeah then oh, in the man. morning you're in missouri there's all of a sudden fresh birds yeah yeah and you thought it was them getting hit by snow it wasn't it was them getting hit by the high pressure on the backside of the snow yeah right after they for a day and a half or two days just put on the feed bag right and, and this changes time of year too, right? Because you get, you get calendar migrators. Divers are notorious for this, right? Yeah. Canvas backs that show up in the same places the same days yeah. almost every year. Yeah. So you've got some of that calendar migrators. You've got just low pressure and high pressure migrators like blue wings that like it might shift by a week or two every year. Right. But like it's generally the same system every September, whether it's September 1 or September 18th, you know, who knows, but it's like that same pressure every year. And then you have, I always said it was snow geese. It's like ice line, snow line and stragglers. Um, But it's kind of true for ducks too, is you get this migration that happens with in the fall, with snow that the snow hits, they feed hard for a couple days and then they bounce because they're sick of being in the snow. But then you still have birds that stick it out that wait till the better end, yeah. right? And those are the ice line birds. Yep. They're just only gonna hop till they get frozen out of shit. Yep. But, and, and I think guys need 
to always just kind of grasp when those things happen. Like just because it says it's 20 degrees at night in Brookings, South Dakota, does not mean those birds are leaving. No, definitely not. Not mallards. Just, no, yeah. no. There's flocks of snow geese that are half a million strong, keeping lakes open while the rest of the lake has eight inches of ice. Definitely. And there's still mallards sitting there that they aren't leaving till the very bitter end. Yeah, there's not one time that I haven't been able to hunt the last day of the season in South Dakota. Yeah. It's always something to hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ice heaves even hold ducks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen plenty of mallards in February while ice fishing. And they're in... They're... God, that's a resilient bird. I know. And it's a lot of times it's only a couple hundred living on an ice heave. That is a crazy. resilient duck, man. Yeah. Yeah, we hunted an ice heave one day on the last day of the season. Really? Yeah. It was out on a point. little heave had formed. We drugs, we had to walk way out. We brought tip-ups. We brought snow covers. <laughs> we caught 22-inch walleyes, 18-inch walleyes. God, well, I, I do it. I have a video of that. I know. That's a that special day. That was way day. before I had done it. We shot like eight ducks was all. But they Who cares? Who cares? Sweet. You, you were ice fishing while duck hunting. Yeah. The, I, the first, well, like we got all the duck stuff set up, right? Mm-hmm. And it was probably noon or something. And we had to flush all the ducks off. There were only 300 ducks on this. And instead of, you know, they all left and, like, we watched them go land out on the middle of the ice in the lake. And we're like, yeah. take them a little while to get back, maybe. So we went and drilled our holes. And I had cut out Tyvek because, you know, we have the hot pink HD tip-ups. Yeah. I cut out Tyvek to place over it as, like, a little snow top. Oh, so no you couldn't way. See I love that. Yeah. But you can still see the flag, but I felt like the flag wouldn't really flare them. So we set two lines of tip-ups. And we were still setting tip-ups. One went off, and there was a 22-inch walleye on it. Dang. And we caught, I don't even remember. It was sweet, but we did that and then shot some ducks. It was awesome. That was one of, like, the most legendary days I think Yeah, I've that's ever pretty had. special. I think you could do that probably pretty successfully with honkers on the ice. Definitely. Right? Like, there's a lot of honkers standing on ice places. Yeah. There's fish late yeah the only problem is getting full bodies out there because you to put silhouettes out be mm. pretty tough you can try one of those like dagger things but yeah i, I mean dragging a sled full of full bodies is easy when there's ice when there's ice true yeah depends on how much snow but yeah. there probably wouldn't be honkers there if there was much snow you no, know what i mean no it's always just straight ice yeah. most of the time yeah it would be pretty easy you can do as many trips as you want i feel like we always get these beautiful crazy ideas you and i especially but just hunters in general of like the perfect cast and bias and the per yeah but then when push comes to shove everyone's afraid to take the risky bet and do the risky hunt and the weird thing but they'll like, go hunt the same marsh over and over right again. right <laughs> like they have the dream of catching walleyes and shooting mallards at the same time yeah and there's a good stretch of this country where that's not hard to do. Definitely. You could be slip bobbering leeches for fall walleyes or perch while shooting gadwall and mallards like for a huge chunk of October, November in for sure Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, part of Nebraska, part of Iowa, part of Minnesota. Yeah. And I don't know anyone that actually has done it. I've always heard like rumors of like a guy on Devil's Lake doing it. I've never actually watched someone do it myself. Right. You could also pack your fly rod. Now that is a thing that a lot of <laughs> that is the thing a lot of guys do. Actually do, but yeah. they usually jump stuff. You know? Yeah, they're jumping. They're floating. Yeah, floating around. Floating with a shotgun river and a fly with a shotgun and a fly rod, which is a beautiful thing. Well, we watched a guy that. do that on didn't we on Saturday? I didn't see the fly rod, but oh no, he was oh he was fishing. Yes, yeah, with yeah, a shot Saturday drifting yeah. down the snake. Jet boat, yeah, jet boat guy floating, probably catching trout, something up there. Yeah, there probably are. He probably is fishing for trout up where he was. Yeah, he was yeah. drifting the snake. He'd run up because we couldn't see him because there's an island in between us for the longest time. Yeah, we just heard calling. And, yeah. a sh and a shotgun. 
<laughs> and then he finally floats where we can see him and he's fishing and he's fishing out the back <laughs> i was like that's a good idea i bet that's one of the best way to kill the golden eyes out um, there and that's that's a, that's a way to do a meat run right there yeah it is that's a guy after my own heart right. he's just filling the freezer he's a pot hunter oh, pot yeah. fisher uh -huh. whatever he is a pot uh -huh. guy mm, yeah <laughs> that golden eye and trout stew mm. there you go a little uh seafood yeah uh, surf and turf yeah in flight version yeah yeah um like yeah that brings me up so saturday we yeah. hunted the snake a, an offshoot of the snake not the snake a, ch a little side channel but technically the snake and we got our butts handed to us that was really bad i did get my bird off the snake though i shot a coot <laughs> Case in cutter. flight in flight it was a flying in cute. flight which makes it more legit and not that i jumped it or nothing nope. it flew down the river and yeah. flew by me yeah case also, cutter first coot retrieve yeah black dog with a black bird yeah, it's one hell of an image yeah it's beautiful <laughs> i got footage of that too so oh, i gotta get that great. too yeah nothing like that green leg sticking out oh yeah and the nice lobed green stick it is kind of silly how much we hate on coots for that uh, frankly hunters would probably do a lot of good by like normalizing shooting them we've yeah. seen the videos of them screwing with duck nests oh yeah right they screw with diver nests yeah, like will. crazy they're they mean take out eggs yeah they roll canvas bag eggs right out yep. of the nest yeah and you slow cook them there's no way you don't like there's no way you know it's cute like oh you gross you know what? Yeah, the my grandpa the always, South eats some in gumbo. Yeah, Louisiana. Coot gives her gumbo. That's my been ever since I was a kid. Like my grandpa would be like, "Coot gives her gumbo, good stuff." Yeah, and and it's been like recently that it's been like popularized by whatever show you know. Yeah, Chef Jean Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Duck Camp yeah, Dinners. Duck Camp that Dinners. one. He did an yeah. episode on Coot gives her gumbo, uh -huh. which was great. Yeah. Oh, it is great. And uh, the the gizzard's delicious. It's a gizzard, a little yeah. tough. But when cooked in that manner, it's mm -hmm. gonna be good. Mm -hmm. So that's a big gizzard, monster. Anyone that's ever actually opened them up, it, that mm -hmm. is a gizzard like that. Oh yeah, it's a, it's half the body. Half side. the body of the coot is gizzard. Yeah. So there's a lot of muscle, and that's good. The breast is. I'm not a big fan of their breast. I've cooked it a few times in multiple ways. And it's just. It doesn't bother me. It's man. like a big snipe. Mm. That would be. <laughs> I don't like think Dan Dan I'm not gonna lie I don't think that's a relevant <laughs> I don't think that's a relevant ref reference for most if people I'm trying to tell everybody it's a big snipe no there's, you're right there's how many people have shot snipe less than 10,000 people in this country have eaten snipe I'd say yeah okay that's probably true <laughs> but then if you include woodcock it's about the same thing so you're Ooh, 20,000 yeah, I was about to say you're getting that number up yeah, oh. you're right that's a bad reference no that's that's funny though I think, man, I'm I'm just as likely to be fine eating coot in some kind of slow-cooked stew mm -hmm. or chili or what have you as I am Canada Goose. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree in that, you know, that heavily spiced or... Yeah, throw it in something with a lot of... Item, and, yeah. and people, I mean, to me, it's like, I've turned more and more and more into a meat hunter yeah. every year. It's like, how can I put more different choices of meat in my freezer? Right. Especially for doing things like stews and soups and chilies and barbecue and whatever else. I mean, you could go shoot 15 coots in a day when that's in South Dakota, right? Mm -hmm. And have, I mean... First off, if you got a kid with you or something, what fun. But then on top of that, if you got a slow day, and I, I, I keep thinking about this more and more as gas prices have gone up and like just life has gotten more expensive over the last few yeah. years. It didn't used to matter to go burn a tank of gas and like not shoot anything, not get any meat out of it. Right. But like the more life has gotten more expensive, the more it matters to me that I don't spend any money on protein, right? Yeah. And just like, in general, get as much of my weekly meals out of what I hunt and catch. 
if you're a dude in Iowa that is shooting like two ducks a weekend or five ducks a weekend even, or, you know, not just to pick on Iowa. It's just like relevant for yeah. me because it's where I grew up. But what's it's like across the board. Fish and Wildlife Service estimates it's like 7.8 ducks a year a hunter or something. Like, so these guys are spending a serious amount of money to go hunt. 7.8 For 7.8 ducks a year. Yeah. And that's not much protein. Not at all. At all. But they could shoot them coots swimming through their decoys the whole hunt. Yeah. And have 30. 30 Definitely. coots in the freezer. I shoot them. I, I won't say I shoot every one that comes by, but Listen, if I'm having man. a slow day and my dog needs a retrieve, that's usually when I'll shoot one. And and I'm not saying that I sit there whacking coots all the time because mm. I don't. Because I have the same I have the same opinion every other hunter. Is oh, it yeah. feels like a cop out or whatever. Like it feels like it's an ingrained cultural. Yes. Yes. And I just love the idea of one. challenging that. Oh, of yeah. like. Why are we so adamant that we're not going to shoot that coot right in our decoys when you could like actually make a soup or stew or whatever, what have you this week with that, that you're going to eat for four nights, spread over some time, freeze it, throw it in the freezer. Why not? Like, why are we, why are we that picky culturally? And I think it comes back to two, like it's a luxury to be able to, have a cultural standard like that because a hundred years ago no way would they have cared they were no, just ate, not right they were just meat right that is meat in my spread i'm going to shoot them right it's a it's a luxury we've had definitely to care about that culturally and think like oh it's not a mallard i don't want to shoot it yeah but now it's like well, the more inflation cranks up and prices everybody out a hamburger and chicken or whatever but you still want to hunt you better make that $120 tank of gas worth it. Yeah, get that bonus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, I got a coot. You did get a coot. I got a coot on the snake, which was incredibly romantic, I guess, to think like you got this thing that I have played up in my head since I was 13 watching videos of it, of getting to go hunt the Snake River. I love... I the, hate it, but I love it. The irony of like the only bird now that I've ever shot on the snake, and the first bird I ever shot on the snake was a uh, was a coot. I've never hunted the snake and not shot a duck, which is also what's funny. <laughs> not that I've hunted it a ton. Glad I could oblige. Yeah, definitely. You did miss some geese, though. Yeah. Yeah, that is fair. Fair. <laughs> yeah, I did have chance at geese. But who cares? I care. It wasn't a green head fluttering over the decoy. No, but a goose is like 14 coots. That's true. <laughs> no. One goose. Is... Yeah, it was, it was, a, man, that, the worst part about missing is when you don't even know where you missed. Yeah, it's just, there's no sign. Yeah, I'm like, whatsoever. I don't know if I was in front of that, behind it, off the sides of it. Yeah. But when you're so used to shooting ducks all the time, a lead on a goose a is different. way different. I think generally duck guys shoot behind geese yeah because they're moving way faster than you think yes they look slow and they're moving way faster than you give them credit for mallards to me decoying mallards are probably the easiest thing i know of to shoot with a shotgun but a lot of that is repetition pheasants are pretty easy oh yeah just yeah very easy i'd say pheasants are the easiest but mallards are there tails too yeah Mallard. Any upland bird that goes up and out yeah, straight yeah, yeah. away from me is pretty easy. Yeah. Oh, I I filmed this guy from Georgia one time filming uh, hunting pheasants. Mm -hmm. He made it look like light work because mm -hmm. he did the whole horseback, carriage, wagon, quail hunting in the south. Yeah, yeah. It's like those quail boys shooting them, dodging through trees, and they've got split reaction shooting like that he kept blowing those pheasants up they were too close yeah you just, just snap up and shoot. Yeah. I'm like you give can them let a, it give them a second now <laughs> give them five yards yeah. you know definitely <laughs> you don't gotta blow them in half definitely yeah yeah, yeah. we just but mallards are easy i was just down in arizona hunting Mern's quail and uh did pretty well like shooting wise but 
We had one covey of birds, a quail, that got up so close that it scared me so bad that I just emptied my gun and nothing got hit. <laughs> and they were at from like 20 to 40 yards the whole time. You, I've noticed this about you ever since we were in college. You get so stoked sometimes that it's almost like you're blacking out. Oh, I black out all right. <laughs> you get You get a different level of energy in you by when something happens that you want or like like yeah. that so when we went goose hunting all of a sudden a random juvenile ross bombing out of no, nowhere yeah all of a sudden your gut reaction at that point is like screw the camera i gotta get my gun <laughs> I did, I? just because it was everyone was a canada i wouldn't have cared but then because the juvie ross i put the camera down yeah for whatever reason. I was like, I'm killing this thing. That's what I said. It's because it came over the one time I was like, oh, I could have got it, but I would have shot the pivot. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, and then it yesterday evening, anyway. I turned, I was getting that way a little bit too. Or yeah. I was overly excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You get that way. And you start And you were like, faster. you're like nervous. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not nervous. I just don't know what to think. <laughs> yeah. Or something. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. And I was kind of nervous because I didn't know how we we're gonna get under them and how we we're gonna do stuff. And then, but it's your excitement that does it to you. Yeah, the best one that Drew always brings up to me, Drew Hoeing. We were at, and there's like certain times at peak migration, where you can just go set up wherever and shoot limits of mallards. I probably shouldn't say that. I love how I just said the name of the lake. Yeah. But back in, there's a I lake. I would bleep that out. Yeah, there's a lake. I will bleep that out. There's a lake in, in, South, in South Dakota where during peak migration, you can go set up just about anywhere and shoot a limit of mallards off the bank, which is a giant lake. And I knew this was one of those days because we had the front. It was actually one of those days after the front mm-hmm. that we talked mm-hmm. about. High pressure, sun, some wind. I was mm-hmm. like, we're kill him. We, we had class in the morning or something. And we showed up at like noon. And they're just in there dumping all over, like mm-hmm. buzzing I know around. No, we could slam right on the point I wanted to. They're just black. And I got all excited. And Drew always says to this day that I said, "Don't even fucking look at him." <laughs> and he started to look at him. I said, "Don't look at him." <laughs> I was like, "It doesn't help. It doesn't. I'm not looking at him. You're not looking at him." And I was just yelling at him. And he, he brings it up for. He's always brought it up. He'd be like, he'd keep saying like. Dang, they're really dumping in there. Shut up. Don't look at him. Doesn't do any good to look at him. And I just yelled at him forever about this stuff. And he brings it up all the time. He's like, don't even look at him whenever we're going oh, to yeah. around, you know? Oh, well, you, and see, that. well, there's another thing that happens to guys, too, is when you're setting a spread or something, it is the, it's the same sentiment. Yeah. Guys just stand there mesmerized. Like standing in decoys, not doing anything. Oh, like, when, yeah, like, yeah. like let's say we got 10 minutes to till, yeah, go, yeah, till yeah, shooting yeah. time. And all of a sudden they're just yeah, and fluttering all over. Like, yeah. All right, let's get the hide. Let's like keep doing things, you it, know? There is something to that because then it just wastes time. Oh, yeah. I but, see it happen all the time. You guys I, just I end just, up standing there. I, it was like we weren't going to shoot them if you yeah. were looking at them in my <laughs> mind at the time, you know? It's it that excitement. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. excitement that's good yeah so anyway snake sucked snake sucked then we uh it was still and, warm and i had found two goose feeds the night before yep that we didn't get on mm-hmm. the snow goose feed and a good canada goose feed yep and actually cut three feeds and then the one hopped up and got out of there before you ever really got to see them, and it just wasn't built up like we wanted it to. Right. So we just really didn't get on the goose feeds that, like hindsight, if we'd got on them, we would have crushed them. And that was the, the day to be on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so after our snake hunt, we got to get a good scout in, and that was the most miserable night of scouting I've ever seen. Terrible. The birds were all scattered. There just wasn't that many birds around. They wouldn't congregate and feed. They were flying 20 miles. The roost had no nothing reason. on it. The roost had nothing on it. You and I bailed. We were like. We bailed and went and checked a whole new area that you'd never even really scouted before. Mm. We find, and it was cloudy and dark and kind of spitting snow and rainy, 
nasty, foggy crap. And we found a big flock of mallards getting up off the river and heading out to feed somewhere. And it was a big old flock. And it was in an area where we knew there, that I knew there'd been birds roosting. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter. Couldn't find them. We couldn't find them. We followed them for a little ways, but then these mountain roads, man, just screwed us. Yeah, we had to go way around to we get into We had to go way area. around, and, and we know, like, somewhere in this four-mile area where we were out of sight of them, there's got to be a feed, but there, we ran out of light. It was dark. Yeah. There's no way you would have seen them on the ground. No way. It's too dark. Yeah. You would have had to catch them landing. So then we made it a bad decision for Sunday morning. Yeah, we made a bad decision. We tried to run traffic for whatever stupid reason in a field that really didn't have any that much traffic. We thought there'd be a lot more traffic than there was, but we hadn't been watching it for traffic. Which we really didn't have a good reason to think there was going to be that much more traffic. No. Like, no. the field across the way... Yeah, the, the more field over would have had had seventy five birds in it roughly. Yeah, and that was like our main traffic hope, which is not that great. No, it's pretty abysmal, and and then we like knew that that night there was no like there was no birds on the roost. Yeah, the anyway. roost so had gotten we think blown, was gonna... had gotten blown up from Somehow. fishing, hunting, whatever. Yeah. And we were really, we had nothing nothing to go on. I had an idea of a duck area. To go which, on. Which in hindsight would have been the play. It was the play. It was the play. It would have had wind We had and the sun. weather. That's the other thing about here is you can check the weather 30 miles that way. And you can check the weather 30 miles that way. And you can check the weather here. And All the drastic different. differences. A lot of people probably don't think about that. If you are going to go... Mm -hmm. Like, where should I scout? I know there's birds here, here, and here. Why don't mm, you check the that's weather? That's a good point. Because you need to check the weather of when you're planning to hunt. Because if you're going to be hunting mallards on the water, are you going to go scout the area with a 5-mile-an-hour wind and some clouds, or are you going to go scout the area with a 15-mile-an-hour and sun? And sun? Yep. You're going to choose that. Right. That's something a lot of people don't think about. And we should have. we should have made the bet on ducks and said let's just go try this area because the weather's right and we knew there'd be birds there and some birds there we would have figured it out we would have figured it out we would shot we would shot our ducks but instead Definitely. we went and froze our butt offs it was cold for one goose and one snow and we showed up and there was just enough snow to absolutely screw you we had a fine hide though day. yeah we did we, we, we did the lucky duck two by four blind with Tumbleweed, which is, I don't care where you are, you can kill geese that yeah. way. Maybe not like, every flock will do it. No, but a lot of flocks will. Yeah. I mean, you just bush that thing up good, get it real gradiented out, sloped out. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, that is the thing to always have on you. Yeah. You, If you are a freelance guy, there are two blinds you can have that will cover you in 99.9% .9 of situations. You can have the Lucky Duck gear down blind with the blanket, so it's super low profile, mm -hmm. right? And it's like a lay down chair you could use for snow goose hunting and snow goose hunting in whites. Yeah. Then you can also cover yourself with the camo blanket like and stuff blanket stubble, in, stubble, stubble it. Mm -hmm. And it has a flip top, so you can have that if you on if you want. So you can be pretty much, it's a cheap lay down, layout blind. Mm -hmm. If you want it, and you can use it for snow goose hunting, um, or just buy a layout blind. And then on top of that, like the Lucky Duck two x four blind has, you can fit four guys in it. You can have a flip top on it if you want all that. Mm -hmm. You can have snow cover on it. Like you can really use it. I use it all year, the whole year. And I've use had the it same for water, one for four you can use years. It in a field. It's, yeah, it's very diverse. It packs down real nice. Mm -hmm. And I, that's the first time I've set one up. Yeah. Real easy to set up. Easy. Compared to other easy. brands of mm -hmm. of those type of blinds. And the panel blinds, are, the tangle-free panel blinds are sweet. But yeah. to me, the thing that I just freaking love about the Lucky Duck one is that it's 
one fits four guys easy like two packs down pretty easy and on top of that like in wind and weather yeah. like you're actually protected yeah, yeah. you know yeah. it's not tipping over dogs aren't knocking it over yeah. like it's sturdy pretty thing. sturdy big based mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it yeah. wraps up all in just one bundle you know yeah and we've ran panel blinds personally just me and mm -hmm. the guys i hunt with yeah and they're good and they are good i like them but it's kind of funny with them you end up buying like every chunk like right. i need this right well, i need this right to make with it the other blind thing. it's like this is an a-frame yeah style yeah, yeah. blind a-frame style blind yeah but fits four guys Right, when and that, price, that was really comfortable. And when you price it out, like for four guys buying a thing. Oh yeah, if you look if at you're, it that way. If course. you're if you're a guy, you know, how many times that, are you splitting that four way? Well, I, me never, <laughs> ever in my life. <laughs> but seems say, like I always have all that let's stuff. Say, I've done some fifty fifties, but I've never done a four way split. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, I you know, there's yeah. guys that that's how yeah, you're right. Okay, right. if if you got a lease, yeah, and yeah. you could run those. You could run Hell those yeah. all season. Oh, yeah. Stake them down, tie them down. Oh, yeah. There's no reason to move it if you hunt a lease. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's Other than that, point. you can move it for your wind every day. True. Way easier than a big right. wooden If you sucker. need to move it around the corner, it'd be real easy. Right. Yeah. Um. So, after getting our butts kicked goose hunting, we, we shot. To we go. shot two geese, just put, putting that out there. We did. A Canada and a snow. Decoyed them, too. Decoyed. Mm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Case, that was Case's first snow goose retrieve. Case's first snow goose retrieve. What else was it? There was something else. Ross like. goose retrieve. Sorry, light yeah. goose retrieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and then we uh, went to go scout. We went to go scout, and the, it turned into a hunt. Yeah, it turned into a hunt. It was one of those where, unfortunately, it took us a long time to get over there because we were getting distracted by geese. If we would have just ripped over there on the interstate or whatever i don't know we found a lot of good goose feeds we did got turned down on one and then had others to call on it is a weird gamble we make when we knock on random doors asking permission mm, let's bring that up characters yeah this one was a long driveway right mm -hmm. and you could see tire tracks and it looked like some coming in some going out but it might have been going out and coming in as we guessed mm -hmm. once we got down there yeah, way down there, there's like this shop house with junk everywhere. Ton of junk. Pretty newer shop. And like a, a mobile home to the left side of it mm -hmm. in the woods. Mm-hmm. Ton of quail living in all the junk in the driveway. Yeah, that was cool. The geese are like right there. We get there and I'm like, I look at Sean and I go, you coming with me on this one? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> He's like, I'm somebody's going to be in the truck. I'm, I'm get, running. He's, I'm, he's the getaway car. Yeah, yeah. We can't both take a double yeah, both, barrel to the chest. Both get it. <laughs> and I'm walking up there. I was like, this one's going to be weird. It was. It was really weird. I At least up, he didn't that say. That guy, the first thing I see is the guy comes to the window and dumps two cans in the in the trash. All day okay. drinking. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, what was it? Sunday. Sunday, mm -hmm. 2 p.m. I mean, he's day drinking alone yeah. at the shop house in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Dude comes out and he's he's on more than beer, from what I gathered yeah. in his eccentric mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. charisma, mm -hmm. and he made up some stuff that was just bizarre. Yeah, I wouldn't repeat it. Huh? I wouldn't repeat it. Oh, for yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. Made up some real bizarre federal government reasons yeah. for not letting us hunt. Not letting us hunt. Which is fine. I don't care what reason you... you well, I mean, I, it's nice to have an honest conversation and not make up stuff. But what if this guy was made, honest? That's, could be. I doubt what it. What if that was trending that way in yeah. that organization? Yeah, yeah. That'd be rough. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. But it's private land, so it was real confusing. Yeah. Anyway... Got turned down, and it was very weird, and I was very uneasy. Like at any time, this guy could probably shoot me or mm -hmm. take me. In at least you me. didn't have. I I I mean, I had this happen twice while I was guiding snow geese. Yeah. Where I came to the door of a house, and they answer the door. They go, "Are you from the FBI?" And that just oh. makes you want to turn and go right back to the truck. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, when they that think brings you're up a, the day before thing. When they think you're a federal agent. Yeah. No bueno. No, you don't want to. No, get sir. Lit I just up. want a snow goose hunt. Yeah, that's that's yeah. sketchy. Mm -hmm. But you get some of these middle of nowhere places where birds are being left alone and not being hunted. Yeah. I mean, it's only a matter of time before you're going to run into some interesting characters. Yeah, you're in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Right. And that's interesting. That day before, we dealt with some sketchy folks, too. Mm -hmm. Dude looking for... Dude that asked us if we'd seen two women walking down the road. Two girls. Two girls. Walking down the road, which we luckily, within five minutes, were able to tell a game warden to go check this guy yeah. out. Yeah, that was that was lucky that the game warden was on the same road. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, some creepy, two creepy, creepy dudes. But at least we ended it all with a win. With we a shot win? some ducks. Oh, with a win. Yeah. Yeah, we got to this area. We were gonna scout, and sometimes you just get that feeling: the wind is right, the weather's right, the birds are on the move. And I think there's way more of that that happens on the right days in the middle of the day than people recognize. Mm -hmm. They're all back home watching football. Literally, what we wanted to do. We wanted to go watch. We football. wanted to go watch football. We wanted to take the lazy route. Yep. We wanted to go watch stuff. football, and and said we were like, no, we need to go check that instead of watch football, and it's worth it. Like, because yeah. everyone else was gone watching football. Yeah. <laughs> Playoff Sunday. Everyone else was gone watching football. We instead go scout, and all the ducks are just bouncing around like all hell, yeah. having a ball of the time. We're if we would have been ready while we were walking into the spot, we would have we would have shot six or seven ducks, jump them. jumping them, yep. walking into the spot. Case was pointing them yeah. like they were pheasants. She was up there. <laughs> There's like an offshoot of the river, um, and it's real tiny. Uh, back in the woods uh-huh and we were going to check it out and sure enough what like there's probably with everything that got up behind us down along the ditch too i mean there's probably 30 40 ducks mm -hmm, in there mm -hmm. and it's in the middle of every time Timber. you look up you're seeing but every time you look up there's, oh, there's birds yeah 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 mallards yeah. everywhere mm -hmm. and yeah it's in the middle of timber it's literally like we walked into some arkansas look like missouri or Missouri. I I would have said like if you'd picked up what we were doing and transported it to all the you know the duck parks they call them mm -hmm. in Missouri, all the state managed areas. There's a couple in Missouri that it was just like this is exactly what it looks like. Same trees, yeah, the whole bit. Turkey just tracks all over. Turkey tracks. Felt like I was in Missouri. But yeah, there's uh. I don't know. It was it was pretty bizarre that we we showed up there and just said, "Well, let's try to set up in the canal." And we only brought just from experience and everything we know. We said light and fast. Well, we brought three lucky ducks, and then yeah, we brought three it? lucky ducks and shotguns and a dog. Yeah, yeah, and that's all we brought. And then the calling was everything. It was the whole. That was the only yeah. way we worked birds. Yeah. Was by them hearing us in the timber. Yeah. And they're looking for us. They mm -hmm. came looking for us. Mm -hmm. Then they'd see the spinners lock up and we'd shoot yeah. them. If our wind was right for where we were sitting, how we were sitting was just how we had to sit. Yeah. There was no other way to sit. Well, they had to the, come over the trees. They, they had to come over the trees and kind of come over our back left shoulder. Mm -hmm. We are kind of shooting them in the butt. If we would have been sitting where they were coming head on to us, we couldn't cross the canal. Right. Um, if we would have been sitting where they were coming head on to us, we would have shot more too. We would have shot a pair that caught me off guard. We would have shot a couple of wood ducks. We would have shot a teal, right? Like ducks that were just kind of yeah. wisping past us from behind us and they just kept, you never knew they were coming. Yeah. We could have. We ended up with five, and we probably could end up with nine or ten. Yeah. If we would have been sitting on the other side. Oh, I think. Yeah, if we could have sat on the other side, mm -hmm. which we couldn't cross it. No. But, I think if we were there earlier, two probably. hours before, mm -hmm. we would have shot fourteen. Mm-hmm. Had all the potential, and and it shows on the right day and the right time. 
all you need is like some kind of decoys to get attention, right? Whether you're gonna run splashing motion on the water or spinners or jerk rig, whatever. And then um, calls. Yeah. The calls were huge. Mm -hmm. Timing. Yeah. Well, we're, we were pretty aggressive. I mean, there are some boys in Arkansas that that's how they hunt. They just walk in the woods calling. No decoys. They'll kick no the decoys. water. They'll they just call. kick the water and call. Yeah. I know a guy from Arkansas Game and Fish that does that, and it's so cool to me. He goes to these walking areas, just walks, kicking the water. Just walks till he finds a hole that they be, seem to be liking that day. Trolling. Mm -hmm. That's what guys call it. Well, mm -hmm. guys call it cold calling and stuff, and they're trolling. But that'd be like, yeah, that's... That's pretty it's crazy. I've heard fun this. way to hunt. It's a fun way to hunt. Cool way to hunt. Cool way to hunt. Unique. It's how I killed my first by Mita Mallard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. You were walking around, mm -hmm. calling. Then you could say light and fast. Even with the with the with the Lucky Ducks, you know, we just mm -hmm. had a backpack. Yeah. And our guns. Yep. And it's all in the one backpack. Shove your chest full of shells and be done with yeah. it. Yeah. It's real easy. It's simple. And it's a fun day, fun weekend. Yeah, it was. It's cool. We got to cap it off. Yeah. Some, some fun stuff, unique stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, that. I got some plucking to do. Yeah. Oh, I also got a snow goose yesterday. Mm hmm. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, in the evening, because we got a Ross goose in the morning. Jeez, we had a lot of species yesterday. <laughs> this weekend, really? Yeah. Gadwall, Mallard, Canada, Snow, Ross, Coop. Yeah. Not bad. A little medley. That that canal we were trying to decoy those ducks in that some were sitting in was how wide? 10, 12? 10, 10 yards. 30 10 yards, feet. probably 30 feet. You think is that, that wide? Maybe. Maybe not quite, but close. Maybe, it's tiny. Maybe 8 or 9 yards. It's tiny. I'm thinking it'd probably take me 8 steps to get across that thing. Yeah. With a yeah, tiny. So it was sweet. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. That was like one of those unique, like for whatever reason, mm -hmm. the West offers unique opportunities. Yeah. And that was one that you And they're not think. as consistent as maybe less unique opportunities. No, right. not at all. Right. Like what's very not unique is a slough in South Dakota. Right. Nothing, I mean, unique in its own right, but... It's not but regionally. It's regionally common. common. Offers up pretty consistent opportunities. Mm -hmm. You pick a slough with a bunch of ducks on it. You're going to shoot some gadwall, some widgeon, you know, some mallards or teal, shovelers. Like you're pretty much always going to be able to kill something hunting a good slough. <laughs> These rivers out here, you could zero, right, all the time, mm -hmm. or you look like a hero if you're yeah. on them. Well, you can also zero one day and mm -hmm. limit the next day on mm -hmm. these rivers because mm -hmm. of temperature shifts, too. Temperature shifts, weather shifts, yeah. roosts getting blown, whatever else. One of the best hunts I had last year was like that where there wasn't a duck on the river because it was warm. Mm -hmm. But that night, like a... Wicked cold. Wicked. Negative for here, negative six that night. And it was like blowing in that afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I gambled and was like, in if, the morning. If that's the case, you're going to whack them tomorrow. Yeah. Like, because it's cold. It got cold after yesterday. Yeah. It was, it was a different area now. But, yeah. But I mean. Yeah. There's just too many ducks where we were hunting for it for some not to go to the running water. Even if there is other uh, availabilities. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. It could be good. Not for me, though. I got to leave. Yeah, which sucks. Tomorrow's the last day, which sucks, too. It's been a grind of a season, though. Mm-hmm. Like a long grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. I just didn't quite scratch the itch this year. Really? Yeah, like last year. By the end, I was I was there. I was like, you know what? I'm all right with duck season being over. Yeah. Not that I wanted it to be over by the by February one. Yeah. I was wanted like, to be back, but but I was 
just like I'm satisfied. Yeah. The itch was scratched. With last how you year did, how, how I went. did, how many places I went, how many days I hunted. Yeah. This year, I went almost a month without my truck because of engine problems. That's terrible. So I was just kind of trapped. I just couldn't travel and go places like I used to mm. or usually do. And it was just like, <sighs> that's tough. Killed a lot of pheasants, so. That's good. Yeah, I had I had a good a good season, I think. Yeah, you did. I got them on small and you water. Learned a lot. I did this year, especially in this area. Mm -hmm. I've learned substantially more yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. I sold all my field stuff, mm -hmm. my trailer, and regretting that. Yes and no, because what I bought with it was very important to me now. Yeah. But um, yeah, I sold everything for fields i said i'm just i just envisioned here that i was just gonna hunt water ducks like i love hunting water ducks honestly got a little burnt out hunting field ducks all the time in south dakota but but now you're change, back to hunting field ducks can't change me i guess <laughs> <laughs> well look at it this way you could just restructure what your field spread looks like mm -hmm. right you could get back into it relatively affordably and be effective in these fields out here just with with a two by four blind with a bunch of silhouettes yeah with you know a handful of spinners yeah that cover you in 90 percent of your duck killing definitely and half your goose killing yeah you don't have to have a full body spread these days people have don't get me wrong yeah. they're better Definitely. You got the place to put them and the trailer to put them in, run full bodies. Right. But if you're balling on a budget, you know. Silhouettes. If it's a choice between 20 dozen silhouettes or four dozen full bodies, I'm choosing 20 dozen silhouettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for big geese, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And for, and for mallards. And ducks, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like. It does. It's just, it can help it, a little. Full bodies help, but it's just like not feasible for some people yeah and they're i don't know if you're in if you're on an x feed field for ducks and they fly at the right time and you got sun you got wind no pretty good measure of yeah being able it's to just when they get stale they start fluttering over their silhouettes and they yeah. realize something's goofy something's weird yeah. yeah yeah so finishing them may not be as easy right and they just don't seem to finish as well or for as long yeah versus a full body spread that whole flock of ducks might try to land right. across the whole thing right even when they're stale yeah now this year small water big water fields i mean i got really nothing else no cool spring hunts well ours kind of yesterday was similar you might tuesday i might maybe all righty all right i'm talked out i think <laughs> i said everything i gotta say okay. my song is sung sounds good for today anyway well you gotta go back to bozeman yep hit the road jack that's right all right and i'm hungry yeah i'm gonna go get lunch that's right all righty thanks for the fun hunt for it's sure. good to finally hunt together again yeah it's been a long time for how much we talk yeah it's kind of weird that we haven't hunted that much together since we talk a lot life life gets in the yeah way. true Especially when you live a long ways from each other. Yeah. Closer now. Yep. All righty. <laughs>